Hi, this is Steve Poor, and you're listening to Pioneers and Pathfinders. Today, we welcome Jessica Stewart, Senior Product Manager for the Pro Bono Manager at Pro Bono Net. We talked about her role as Product Manager, which may be unfamiliar to some of you. We also talked about her passion for the access to justice and how she combines that with her interest in technology, process improvement, and the user experience to increase the effectiveness and reach of law firm pro bono programs. Jessica has also helped lead the platform development and product strategy for Pro Bono Net's Remote Legal Connect platform. That platform allows legal service providers, pro bono initiatives, courts, and community partners to rapidly build and manage a legal support program regardless of location. Jessica has been crucial in implementing the development strategy for Remote Legal Connect, which has been adopted by their partners, Atlanta Legal Aid and Legal Aid of Nebraska. In today's conversation, you'll hear more about the growth and evolution of Pro Bono Net, a discussion around the power of virtual courtrooms to increase access to justice, and how Jessica's love of music got her started down the A to J technology path. And, by the way, how Cypherethlene was an early inspiration. Enjoy the conversation. Jessica, how are you? (laughs) I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Thanks for making some time for us. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Me too. I know you're back in the office uh, partly. Yep. What's it been like working through the pandemic and now being back in the office? Well, actually not as challenging as maybe some other like organizations and companies might have had it. We were kind of remote to begin with. Pro Bono Net is an organization of about 35 people, give or take. And within the New York office, there was only a a percentage of people who are even located here in the first place. And so we already were set up to be remote. We had all of our meeting, like a lot of our meetings on GoToMeeting, which surprisingly, I don't think that I'm sure it exists, but like, you know, it's not. They were in the game before all of the other players that are kind of more popular now. But we were already doing a lot of that stuff before. And then like myself, I was kind of working from home a few days a week, you know, when all this happened. So it was easy. It was kind of easy for us to transition, I think. Oh, that's I won't say that's nice because the reason you had to transition is not nice, but at least it was not overly challenging for you. I guess I should start by congratulating you on being one of the Fast Case 50. Thank you. That was very cool. <laughs> it's very cool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Fast Case folks do a nice job of selecting people. Yeah, it was a very cool honor. And I have my little uh, like plexiglass thingy next to my desk at home. So. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. I'm sure the family's very proud. <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah. The, the, once the family, um, I think they figured out what it was. But I think everybody's proud when you get an award, whether or not they understand it or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, for those for those of us in the in the legal industry, particularly focused on legal tech, we know what it is, and we know what a cool honor it is. So, congratulations. That's all that matters. <laughs> there you go. You started telling us a little bit about Pro Bono Net. Tell us a little bit more about what the mission and goals and achievements are of the organization. Sure. So Pro Bononet is a nonprofit that through its over 20 year history has established a national presence through partnerships with legal aid organizations, courts, law firms, and other social justice organizations by providing a variety of tech platforms and services that are all kind of aimed at improving access to justice for low income populations, but also the attorneys and advocates that provide the much needed services to those clients. And to those populations. So, um, began with ProBonoNet's first platform, which was aptly named ProBono.net, 
which help legal services organizations and public interest lawyers, volunteers, and private attorneys collaborate on issues more effectively back when the internet was still kind of new. And since then, ProBonoNet has grown from that initial site to include platforms and services that span the access to justice community. So some examples, but definitely not limited to are lawhelp.org, which um, expanded public access to legal rights information to clients and pro bono lawyers. There's Law Help Interactive, which hosts, you know, a lot of free online legal forms that people without lawyers can use to prepare their own legal documents and pleadings. And then also Pro Bono Manager, which is a platform that I manage. That's definitely not every platform that we run, but those are some of the highlights that I can mention right now. But in general, I think it's really amazing how the space has grown over the years and how interest in using technology to solve A to J needs has become a hot topic these days. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. We've had a few people on concerned about the A to J space and the use of technology, and it's a it's a fascinating part. It's such a problem getting people legal advice and legal help, and it's it's so interesting to see people who are using technology to help bridge at least some of that gap. You're not going to close it all, but at least bridge some of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and there's so many different places where technology is being useful now, but there's still a lot of places where it could be used. Uh, I mean, I think one of the things that the pandemic brought to light that people were working on for years and years and years before was about the power of virtual consultations and court appearances by video and things like that, right? A lot of people were forced into that. Some people embraced it, some people not. But, you know, that area, I mean, I I wasn't working in that space, but I'm familiar with the fact that people have been trying to get that to happen for years and years before all of this. And, you know, when the pandemic happened and those video consultations and court via, um, you know, video came to be a normal kind of thing. You know, there's studies that have been published recently about just the benefits that can provide to people who, for example, lower income people who you know, need to find it's it's hard to find childcare, get time off of work to go to a court appearance that can happen, you know, on their break from work for 15 minutes instead of having to take the whole day and trying to like figure all of that stuff out. So that's an area that is really important. And and I mean, I'm fascinated by it, um, <laughs> myself just as like a, you know, it's not my, it's not my main, my main part of my job, but it is an area that I'm, I think is just amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, I think Richard Susskind made the observation that uh, if you have a mindset change to view courts as a service as opposed to a place, you can begin to open up the thinking in terms of technology and the ability to utilize technology to, you know, to serve, to serve people. So tell us a little bit about your background. What brought you to, Pro Bono Net. So what brought me to Pro Bono Net, in short, was just a, when you wanted a change in my career. Before I got into the like access to justice space, I was kind of dabbling, if you will, in marketing and digital marketing. And I worked in the entertainment space before I came here. I was in DVD marketing out in LA at Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. And... Oh, DVDs. <laughs> yes, DVDs. <laughs> I assume many of our listeners will remember the DVDs, but some, some don't know. DVDs, but VHS um, as well, still at the time. Um, Blu-ray was just starting when I was there. 
And so I, I'm kind of like an entertainment nerd. You know, if I had a trust fund and could work anywhere and if it still existed, I would have worked at Tower Records for my entire life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I it was uh, kind of took my marketing degree and I ended up just at Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, first MGM and then at Sony. And I was working on a few different things actually while I was there. I was a digital marketing coordinator. So I was doing actual like online campaigns and other kind of newsletters and marketing bits and bobs there. But then I also was involved in a rebuild of a platform that all the major entertainment companies use to help provide information to various different like internal, but then also external areas of the company and other companies outside to provide information about what the actual DVDs and assets are and things like that. So there's backend kind of like B2B systems that have, you know, when you used to get newspapers and your Best Buy insert would be in there and be like, Talladega Nights coming out on Friday, you know, buy it for $19.99. That picture comes from a website that all entertainment companies have with like various different versions of that picture and all of the different specs about who's in the movie, synopsis and everything that anybody might need in order to, you know, create assets and advertisements and sales stuff and things like that. And so, I didn't realize that I was a tech nerd. <laughs> um, it sort of snuck up on you, huh? Yeah. I mean, like like when I was in college and Ethernet became a thing, I was going around and like installing people's Ethernet cards into their computers. And so I'd always been a little bit of a nerd. But like, I think that that sort of solidified the fact that it comes naturally to me, like that whole ability to just be involved in this database like and website rebuild projects. Just I don't know how... I became good at that, but I was. But I also, what I also really liked about it is that I, you know, was responsible for kind of going around and talking to all the different stakeholders that use the website, at least internally, and to just find out like, what is it that you do? How do you use this? It had already existed. And so it was being rebuilt. So that was, I think, really good because I didn't have to, we didn't have to reinvent the wheel. We just had to make what existed better. And I was friends with a lot of those people. So it was like fun for me to just wander around the building and go hang out with people. And then while I was talking to them, also find like, you know, secretly find out the information that I needed to know. <laughs> By the way, as long as we're talking, what do you think about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so I was in LA for about four years. I am very much an East Coast person. I'm from South Jersey, Philadelphia area, and I just wanted to move back closer to my family. And I love New York City. So I have a cousin here who works in the nonprofit space. And I was kind of deciding, like, do I want to go down the marketing route or do I want to kind of pursue this like technology operations thing? I didn't know I was a product manager at the time. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> Much like you, I didn't even know I was doing that. And so I went to this like social marketing seminar thing in DC the day I got back to the East Coast. And I was in there and I was learning about what it means to do marketing in the nonprofit space. And I'm sitting there listening. There was like, there's people from several organizations that were in the room. And I think there were like a couple of people from like a Planned Parenthood office in Connecticut. And they were talking about how they want to be able to do all this stuff, but it's very difficult because they don't have a lot of people. And I'm like, and I went from caring about marketing into thinking about like, wow, things need to be more efficient. These teams are small and they're trying to do really important, impactful work with like two people, three people. And, you know, and I just found myself thinking more about that 
than really being engaged with the marketing side. And so that kind of drove my, okay, what kind of jobs am I going to be looking for? And so, you know, I'm looking for just, I don't know what the nonprofit world was like. And so I just was looking for anything. It was like support, <laughs> tech support kind of stuff. Cause I'm like, I'm trying to change industries. And so I'm like, I'm going to probably stay at like the same level that I was at before. Cause I'm just trying to get in here so that I can figure out what this is. And so I had interviewed at a few different nonprofits and pro bono net came up and I don't know, it just was a good fit. It was cool. It was interesting. You know, access to justice, I think like once you realize what it is, you know, it's, I think it's a term. I presume there's an education process for you. Yeah. But once you learn what it is, it's like, to me, it was like a no brainer that it's like, oh, this is definitely an area that like, first of all, it impacts every single person in this country, in the world, really. But like every single person is impacted by the justice system in some way or another. Maybe not until you actually are impacted by it, but the whole system is, it's, I mean, it's like a, the backbone of our country. Right. When I learned about law help, I was interviewing for like a law help program associate job. So it was basically like a support position. And I went to the website and like, well, this is really useful. I actually used it. While I was interviewing, I hadn't gotten my security deposit back from my landlord in LA and it had been over a month. And so I was like, I went to the California law help site and I looked up tenant rights, which I didn't even know was a thing really. And I was like, oh, not getting your security deposit back? Here's what you can do. And I called them and I was like, I will take legal action or civil whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> and I got my security deposit back like a week later. <laughs> well, that's, that's the point of law help, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like knowledge is power. It's a cliche, but it's 100% true. Yeah. And so then I got the job and I started here. And then the, I think within like the first week that I worked here, Adam Licht at the time was the director of product and he was running this platform called Pro Bono Manager that large law firms use to manage their pro bono programs. And so it was new. I think it had been around for about a year and they were in the process of like onboarding the first three firms that got onto the platform. And he was like, Hey, uh, would you like to help out on Pro Bono Manager? I was like, sure, why not? I'll do anything. And it turns out though, like as I, I spent kind of three years working on multiple different platforms and it turns out that Pro Bono Manager actually was directly connected to this like rebuild project that I had done at Sony. And I did not even realize like how much I had learned there that was applicable to this like other platform that's in a whole different area of business. You know, law firms are completely different from anything that I'd ever worked with before. I think you know, at Sony, I had to talk to some legal people, but even in-house, you know, legal in an entertainment company who are like, you know, making sure that all of the random stuff that's on a DVD package is correct is a lot different from a corporate law firm. So, but the actual work itself, like data feeds and, you know, needing to understand the concepts of data feeds and being able to talk to the people who are using the site or going to be using the site and understanding and learning about what their problems are, what problems you're trying to solve and how the technology that you're working on could help them. And then how can you help them use the technology in an effective way? Tell us about Pro Bono Manager. What functionality does it bring? And I gather from what you've said and what I've been able to find, it's geared towards pro bono lawyers and law firms to help them use their time efficiently. How does it do that? So it is like a web application that it's, I mean, it's a SaaS platform. And so it's mainly used by the pro bono departments at law firms. And they use it to run reports, gather daily stats about kind of what's going on in their pro bono program. So we have data feeds that are set up 
every night that we get a feed of information about the people at the firm, the pro bono matters, how much time everybody is spending on them, who the clients are, and then random other metadata so that you can identify matters and timekeepers properly, like what office people are in and practice department, etc. And so our system just gives the pro bono teams a bunch of different tools and views into that information so that throughout the day, they're able to like go in there and answer questions really easily or run reports to be sent you know, either internally or externally to maybe legal aid organizations that they're working with, or even corporate clients who are kind of asking about high-level information about their pro bono program. So with the information that's coming over, they also though can add on pro bono specific information because you might be familiar with the fact that law firm systems are generally geared towards billable work. And they're also just not really that flexible. And so pro bono, it's grown like crazy over the last 20 years, like internally at law firms. And it's, I love it. It's so cool. Like from when I've been at pro bono net now for almost 14 years and the change that I've seen, uh, like the growth that I've seen, you know, when it comes to pro bono departments, even existing at law firms has been so inspiring to me. But that also means that there's always efficiency that's kind of required because they are in charge of pro bono matters for the entire law firm. And so it's really important for them to be able to have access to their information easily. They're getting questions from 15,000 different places on any given day, right? Attorneys are writing to them asking, how can I get involved? Or how many hours do I have because I have to renew my bar membership? And then they might have questions from leadership at the firm saying, you know, hey, I'm the partner for the litigation practice. How many of my attorneys have hit the target this year? So there's so many different kinds of information that people are asking the pro bono departments for. And, you know, a lot of times they want it right away (laughs) or as fast as possible. And so, you know, without a system, it's really difficult to do that. And every law firm has kind of different mechanisms too. like some law firms have mechanisms in place where, okay, email finance and they'll get you the information that you want. And then there's some law firms that just don't have that. And so, I mean, that's just kind of some of the tools that we have in the system. But the focus of it is really is to just like, you know, I have like a firm who's she was like, I have it open in the morning. And then I just go in there all day long and, you know, get various things that I need based on whatever is coming in. Right. Now you're the product manager. Yeah. What is the function of a product manager? I think many of our listeners won't be that familiar with that role, although it's an established role within the tech industry. Tell me what you do. Sure. So, you know, as a product manager, I am basically in charge of the product. (laughs) You know, I am talking to the users and to our customers and hearing about what it is that they want the product to do. Or if there's an issue with it, you know, they'll write to us and, you know, say, I want to be able to do this. You know, can pro bono manager do it? If it can't at the time, you know, I will then talk to that person and try to learn more about what it is. What are you trying to accomplish? Right. I want to learn about not just like, you know, like I'll get emails being like, can I run I want to run a report with these fields. I'd be like, okay, but let me also understand what are you doing with this information? You know, what's the goal for this? So then I have a full picture of what they're trying to do. And then I'm going to take that information and I'm going to then figure out what can we do to improve the product to allow this person to find this information? Or, you know, if they want to be able to do a certain thing or track a certain kind of information that's not currently available in the system, you know, I'll try to learn about, again, what is it that they're trying to accomplish? 
And then we kind of take that information, turn it into requirements. You know, I work with my dev team to flesh out this is the problem that the user is having. And here is how we think that the system can be improved to be able to help them actually accomplish that goal in the system. And and with a SaaS product, um, it's actually a fun challenge because we're not just building for like one person or one firm. We're building for, I'm trying to like take that challenge and figure out how to solve it in a way that's going to then be beneficial to the rest of the users of the platform as well. I assume there was a learning curve. You didn't come from a legal background. And so now you're dealing with the idiosyncrasies of law firms and legal business, but those are your key user groups. So how did you go about learning the lingo, the buttons that get pushed, the unique characteristics of the legal industry so that you can incorporate into the product? So when I started on Pro Bono Manager, I was just kind of like an admin person helping out on onboardings. There was already a product manager who was in charge of everything. And there was also a project manager who was running them. And so it was just listening in on calls and hearing about what they want to do. And I mean, I think the fact that the product already existed too was helpful because with onboarding, you're just trying to accomplish the set of tasks to get the firm ready to be using the system. And so I think that also helped because I could learn about what the system did and what the you know firm's wanted out of it via that process that the process already existed. And so it was really just like, okay, so they need to go in there and there's a step for tagging their matters. And so it's like, oh, what is that for? And I think it also helped that I was also working on those other platforms, Law Help and Pro BonoNet, because their users are legal aid organizations. But things like taxonomy for how you define like what an immigration matter is, you know, like the classifications and things like that, while they're different from the rest of the law firm business, they're actually very in sync with the rest of like legal aid. And so I think that also helped too, that I understood through my work with like those other kinds of organizations and other areas of the business at ProbonoNet that I was also learning about the context in which the pro bono teams were operating outside the law firm, right? I mean, I think the benefit is that because pro bono is a totally different it's very different from the rest of the business at the law firm, which is, I think, part of the need for the system too, is that regular billable matters, for example, they don't need to know like what kind of low-income client are you working for or, you know, doing this work for. And they're not being asked the same kind of, for the same kind of metrics. And so they don't have to classify the matters the same. And so I think that, you know, it helped that the law firm pro bono stuff is, is again, like, kind of in sync with um, how the legal aid organizations classify their information as well. And I think the other thing that also helped is that because it was, so it was 2008 that I started, pro bono teams were also still trying to figure it out themselves. <laughs> the technology was kind of new. And so in a way, it's sort of, you know, there's challenge, but it's also better in a way because they're like, this is a new system. And so they're not trying to take these defined workflows that they've already had and then apply it to like a new system. So everybody is learning all at the same time. Right. Now, if I'm interpreting the information correctly and correctly, if I'm not, you also have helped the recent product development for a product called Remote Legal Connect. Yes. Which has different functionality. Yes. <laughs> Tell us what that does and sort of what your role was in defining the problem that you're trying to solve and how you came up with the solution. 
Well, so actually the product itself, the platform already existed. I started getting involved when the pandemic hit, but there were already two organizations that were using this platform. It wasn't called Remote Legal Connect at the time, but really what the platform is, it's like a mini case management system that legal aid organizations can use to facilitate virtual consultations. So they can set up attorneys or other kind of, you know, pro bono advocates, law students, whoever, staff attorneys, they sign them up to the site and then they add clients and just assign them to the advocate. And then they can log in and then they have a virtual consultation. So there's a video conferencing system in there, but there's also like a case profile. And so documents can be uploaded. So the client has, you know, easy access to all of their files. They're not just like trying to email things back and forth all the time. The video consultation has uh, screen sharing too. And so it helps to the client and the attorney can share screens so that they can fill out forms together and things like that. And so it can be used via the computer or the phone and it's all web-based. So it's, you know, nobody has to download Zoom in order to be able to use the site. And so I got involved at the beginning of the pandemic just because, you know, it was like, oh, all of a sudden, here's this great need that everybody is going to have. And I think that there was some interest that was growing and I'm just in a good position to help with uh, defining some of the product strategy and helping out with those kinds of things on the platform. As you're figuring out product strategy, you've now got pro bono managers designed for law firms and managing their pro bono programs. You've now got a different, so slightly different user base for uh, Remote Legal Connect, the legal aid associations, and the actual clients themselves. How do those differences figure into the product development? How did you approach those changes? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think it helped that, again, I started my career here working on our platforms that were legal aid and client facing. And so I could draw on the knowledge that I had from working with those partners before. And then the other thing too, I mean, just one of the things that I really love about working at ProBonoNet is that even though I'm mainly focused on pro bono manager and my main partners and customers are the law firms, but like, you know, here we have the opportunity to learn about what everyone else is doing. And so it's not like, I was in my little law firm vacuum and then all of a sudden I'm coming over here and have to like figure out what's going on. Like I already was familiar with some of the work that was being done and, you know, just kind of keeping up with the other things that were being done in the organization. I mean, you had John Mayer on a little while ago and, you know, I'm just really interested as a hobby, I guess, if you will, to learn about like (laughs) all that other stuff because it's all connected too. And so it was easy for me to kind of move over into that and actually really exciting because... Yeah, there are different challenges that you have to, you know, from a product perspective that you have to consider because low-income clients and large law firms have uh, very different needs. So And very different tools to access the technology. Yeah, but that they're actually like, you know, some pro bono attorneys at large law firms who do use the system. And so it's like that. I think that also helped too, that it's like when you know we have certain issues that come up or something or we're, you know, building things and I'm like, well, I know everything about, you know, what the law firm <laughs> technology setup is. And so, you know, hey, we're going to have to take firewalls into consideration and VPNs and things like that. And then there's other people on the team who are more involved in the kind of client facing part of things and they work on other products here that are more geared to those people. And so everybody has their kind of knowledge base that they have and then can 
lend that into the planning and the and the development for Legal Connect. Oh, that's great. Well, Jessica, we're out of we're out of time, but it's been fascinating to uh, hear about your work and the great things uh, the organization is doing. And congratulations on the Fast Case Fifty again. Thank you. I didn't even get to tell you about how Safe Arth Lean actually was a big like inspiration for me back when I was, you know, getting into process and figuring out how to have a lean business. Oh well do share. I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna ignore that. Uh yeah, I mean if you have a few more minutes, I can just kind of like um so I guess what when did you guys launch? It was like two thousand and twelve, I think. We first started in like oh four and oh five, but oh, okay. it's sort of got traction in the 12 time period. Okay. Because I think at the time I was like reading the lean startup and I'd been working on pro bono manager for like five years and at that point. And so I was really starting to like get kind of geeky about not just product management, but also process management. I got my like Six Sigma white belt thingy and, and I was really trying to like figure out how can we improve how we run Promono Manager, the business, but also a lot of what we do with Promono Manager is not just about the technology and the software, but it's also about like process improvement and knowing how the pro bono departments operate. That's actually a really big part of our onboardings is like we have business analysis tools and things like that where we try to understand what their challenges are, what they're trying to accomplish. And then we're able to take kind of what we've learned from other law firms and provide here. Well, here other law firms are doing this. I don't know if you guys struggle with this too. And so the kind of lean startup and the lean process management and all of that other stuff is very, very applicable because not only are, you know, as a nonprofit, we're very lean, but the pro bono departments are incredibly lean too. I mean, you have like a law firm that could be a thousand attorneys and they have two people running their pro bono department. And so the technology is just one part of the like solution. But like, I'm personally very interested in process improvement and like, you know, not only how can the software kind of help with that, but also how can we extract information and try to like help the law firms to improve their processes by just even just doing workflow analysis and even having them start thinking about that stuff is very powerful. And so I was like, say for lean, there's this like process management at law firms now. I was like, I want pro bono lean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's interesting. We've done work with years over pro, with pro bono organizations trying to help them by applying Cypherth lean because you're right. They more than anybody else, whether it's a pro bono team within a firm or a legal aid organization, the more they can service their constituents with limited resources, the happier they are. So there's a lot of techniques and you're right. A lot of it's about process. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm glad we could, we could provide some, <laughs> some inspiration. It's been great. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Well, thank you very much for joining, Jessica. Really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Yeah, it's great talking to you. Thanks for listening to Pioneers and Pathfinders. Be sure to visit thepioneerpodcast.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform.